All right, this is the Yay, I'm Ranch Clay. And Norman G. This is the Yay, where we talk about life in the theater and the theater of life. Yay! <laughs> All right, we have a fantastic guest that I really don't think I'm going to mess up her name, Amy Crumpacker. How are you, Amy? I'm doing pretty well. Yeah. My name is actually she's, she's Amy Turningbrook. She is. She May is. Crumpacker. Yes. Ah, okay. Well, see, that's not my fault, right? No, no, it's not. New development. I I wrote her back, and I was like, Uh did you get married? And she's like, no, I got my roots. Yeah, I'm I'm reclaiming that name. Good for you. Very cool. So, Amy, I'm sorry, what's your your maiden name again? Uh. (laughs) It's, no, she she just researched her family history. Oh, I see. I, I don't think you're married. You're not married. No, okay. never been married. Okay. So, guys, <laughs> she's not married. <laughs> so, uh, not Crumpacker, but um, what's your name again? Turningbrook. 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 That's the anglic- anglicized, anglicized version of Grumbach, right. which is what our original familial name was mm-hmm. when Abraham Grumbach came over in 1875. Mm-hmm. Damn. And the, f- the, you know, the real... Humor-filled um, civil servants at Ellis Island. Yeah, made made a joke and put our name down as Crumpacker. Oh, mm-hmm. interesting. Yeah. Yeah. So Turning Brook, <coughs> Turning Brook slash Crumpacker, Crumpacker. No slash. This is Just precisely yeah. why I'm turning to Turning Brook. Turning Crumpacker. She, she's yeah. letting go of Crumpacker. Uh, yes. Oh, oh, I see. So it's just Turning Brook. That's it's it. just Turning Brook, which yeah. is what Grumbach actually means. Ah. Yeah, because I went over to uh, Berlin. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And in the middle um, section of Germany the last couple of years. Yeah. Month long each trip. And did some investigative work on um, our family name and uh looking at why our family behaves the way it does. A lot mm-hmm. of things make more sense and uh, to me now. And also looking at uh, theater. Yeah. A socialist theater, which is way different than a capitalist theater. Yes, you're absolutely right. I'm just going to adjust your mic. Okay. There we go. So we can hear you. Um, yeah, yeah, and we'll definitely talk about that. And I imagine you've seen a lot of theater overseas as opposed to American theater. I'm sure there's a big difference between the two. Yeah, um, because, uh, well, first of all, it, it's uh, more, there's more public financing. Than o- o- overseas, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And, uh, yeah, they have to shit. For even for people to come over and do stuff, they finance. Yeah. <laughs> Man. But uh, it, the... Uh, Golly, I've got a cold, so I apologize for being a little unfocused. <laughs> oh, it's, it's, it's okay. It's okay. Um, no problem. Yeah. So uh, tickets are, are much less expensive, and um, it's a bigger part of the culture, I believe. Uh, they ha- they're a little bit more successful in getting the younger audiences because they have to keep reinventing yeah. to get people in the seats. Whereas in capitalist theater, people kind of want things to stay the same, the audiences. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. And it's my shame. perception. Yeah, and we'll talk, because I have a lot of thoughts about that as well. As I begin every podcast, how was your week, Norman? Uh, I'm <laughs> I just sat around and did not much of anything this week. It's Good really, for you. No, you're always busy. <laughs> I'm this year right now is just like I'm in, I feel like I'm not in free fall exactly, but I do feel like I'm floating and I'm like, I'm I'm tired of this. Like the most, the most 
the most the only accomplishment of my week mm-hmm. um, is I got half the front lawn mowed. Okay. That that's that's how it's going. It's like that's great. Oh, okay. Well, it's great for half. It's <laughs> half great. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's fine because I, mean, I mean I imagine you know with you either teaching or you know doing a show or directing a show. I'm sure Mara's like my God. When do I get to see my husband or, or something? Well, no, her schedule is similar. Oh, that's that's right, yeah. I we were just talking yesterday and. I've been floating this idea, and the thing is, I will float what I guess are somewhat radical ideas. Mm-hmm. And so her usual response is the, you know, is the normal sort of what? What are you talking about? Yeah. <laughs> but um, she's been teaching. Um, she's got a gig with a uh, Catholic school actually, and oh. she does their music program. But to give her enough hours to get benefits, they added. Um, she was a class aide in the mornings. Okay. She hates the mornings. Mm-hmm. Um, she doesn't feel very connected to what's going on in that classroom anymore. Mm-hmm. She's just sort of on the clock at this point, and she hates getting up. <clears throat> and I said, I finally was able to phrase the question in a way that she could hear. How many private lessons would you have to do in order to, you know, um, compensate for losing those morning hours? Mm-hmm. And she's like, oh, I wouldn't have to do many. And I said, well, so I'm going to suggest that you consider that for the fall. Yeah, if they allow her to do it, yeah. Uh, they will, because initially they had just hired her for the music program. Mm-hmm. And they only did this because she was looking for more hours and, you know, she wanted to have benefits. Yeah. Dexter Dexter turns 18 in about a week, two weeks. Oh, my yeah. goodness. Yeah. The last time I saw him. <laughs> yeah, no, he's, he's shot up. He's like, I don't think he's quite six foot, but he's... He's getting. Up. He's taller than both of you. Yeah, he's tall. And me. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, he's you know he's turning eighteen. He'll be going away to school in the fall. I'm like, there's no reason for you to torture yourself getting up in the morning. Yeah, because you know it's not like she's fixing breakfast for him or anything like that. He can. He's so well. She has. Well, she's been getting up <coughs> for that and getting up for her own and doing all that. And I'm mm-hmm. saying we can lose that in the fall. <laughs> yeah. When he starts doing school, mm-hmm. you know. Yeah, yeah, there you go. Um, so let's jump into current events. Yeah. Of course, there's the uh, the Republicans, uh, you know, they have their version of the impeachment hearings, the Senate impeachment hearings. And, the defense, uh, yes. Yeah, the defense. And I've been listening to a little bit of that this morning. Um, yeah. I, have a lo- I have a lot of thoughts of it, but I, I wanted to hand it off to you guys. What, what do you think? Is it just a, uh, a kabuki show? I mean. Well, the whole thing kind of is, but. Actually, the de- the Democrats were <laughs> the Democrats were boring and factual. Yeah, and which not is pretty good. <laughs> yeah, boring, factual, and oh my gosh, I don't know. I, all this kind of thing just makes me want to drive my truck into a brick wall. Uh. <laughs> and so I'm just going to listen to you guys. Yeah, yeah, because I'm ignorant. Yeah, it's it's unfortunate. You know, one of my favorite plays is Inherit the Wind. Um, by Jerome Roberts and Robert Lee, and it talks about it's a retelling of the actual 1925 Scopes Monkey Trial. A teacher went into a highly religious town and started teaching evolution to kids, Mm -hmm. and the towns freaked out and uh, prosecuted him. And in the play, um, and the play was done in 1954 in the midst of the um, McCarthy McCarthy here. But in any case, Drummond, who is uh, Kate's, the teacher's uh, defense lawyer, says, listen, I want to bring in some witnesses. I want to bring in some folks from Oberlin College, from these other institutes who can talk about evolution, mm-hmm. zoology, geology, so that the um, jury can understand what's going on. Right. And the judge says, nope, 
those witnesses are not allowed, period. Right. Yeah. <coughs> and it's like, wait a minute, why? Because, you know, let's say if there's a gun, if the gun is not incapable of firing a bullet, shouldn't the jury hear about that? And basically the defense, of course, very, you know, ignorant, was like, no, 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 no. We have our laws, and our laws says that we don't allow this, so we're not even going to hear this. We're right. not going to use this as a sounding board. It reminds mm. me so much of what's happening now. Interesting. Yeah. How can the Senate yeah. hear what's going on <laughs> if the very witnesses who may or may not have heard about this quid pro quo mm. are not even allowed to testify? Wow. And that's what's going on. Yeah. Well, <coughs> they claim that they're going to vote to see whether – so that's what the strategy, the Democrat strategy has been that's been brilliant mm-hmm. is – so-and-so has this to tell us that we already know this is what we actually know. So, A, we should have them come in <clears throat> so that you can question them. B, we should get the documents that they're telling us about yep. that we don't have access to. Yep. Yeah. Well, didn't, why didn't they question these witnesses when they had uh, the they legislation in the House? They weren't allowed to. In the House, they weren't allowed to bring no. witnesses? They subpoenaed witnesses. They didn't uh, the White House. Bolton. Well, yeah, so they did. So there were so there they were did. the witnesses. They subpoenaed and Bolton, because the other guy I don't know his name. He was somebody's uh, assistant. Yeah, and he had gone to court already. And Bolton said he was going to go to court, but they never. And well, there was a group that was going to court. There were like three guys I think who were going to go to court yeah. over this. And Bolton wanted to join their thing, and they said no to him. They told him they did not want him because his situation is different than theirs. Yeah, but but it's interesting because so there were witnesses that the Democrats wanted to hear, and of course they were subpoenaed. Right. There were folks. I mean, in the, oh, even a and subpoena. The yeah. House <coughs> yeah. Which, which you know, and it, all it means is you know, even if your boss tells you, hey, I don't want you to answer that subpoena, you could still say the hell with that. I'm going to do it anyway. Mm-hmm. Right. There were well, people, some people did. Yeah. There were UN ambassadors who did, like mm-hmm. Sondland and a couple of others. I can't remember. Uh, the uh, the woman. Yeah, uh, the woman. Flynn. Yeah. No, that's Michael Flynn. Um, Fiona M- Hill. Yes. 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 So there were people who did testify, and they were ans- asked and answered questions. Yeah. And then there were folks who were like, no, the president said I can't do it, so therefore I'm right. going to adhere to what he says. Right. And they don't need to do that. Right. You know, Nixon didn't want John Dean to testify. John no. Dean was like, the hell with it. I'm going to do it anyway. Well, but Nixon had also said, everybody go ahead and testify. Right. And this will be the first as the Democrats Which is one of the things out. the Democrats – I loved those. Those moments were great. It was like, <laughs> okay, so they're going to claim that this is – what they're doing is just normal. Here's what normal is. Let's, let's r- give you the whole history of what normal is and how this has never been done before. Exactly. This will be the first impeachment hearing where no witnesses are allowed to testify. Right. So, Amy, here's a question for you because <coughs> I'm sure you remember the Nixon and the Bill Clinton impeachment hearings. I mean – are you I was about three years old when mm-hmm. that happened. <laughs> I, oh, I really, that yeah. Yeah. But so. uh, how, how do you feel about – are you optimistic or pessimistic about uh, the future? And do you think, you know, in 2020, you know, we'll elect someone new and – Well, the thing that gives me hope is the pendulum always swings. And yes. I'm fairly st- it, it, this is, uh, has got to end. I am by, uh, undeclared. Mm-hmm. I am I work in politics but only in nonpartisan politics. Mm-hmm. That's what I'm doing right now mm-hmm. in hopes that this this, you know, the big divide hmm. in yeah. the POVs of the of the two party system, which I don't really well, understand. Well that would be nice, but yeah. I, I don't know when that's gonna happen. I, I'm yeah. waiting for it. <laughs> I would love it. Yeah. Yeah. So but in Europe it's like, you know, they have right. tons of parties. Yeah. 
Yeah, you know, I hadn't even thought about that, but there's just so, I mean, really it is a two-party system here. Um, Well, it's a two-party system that's breaking down. More people than either party Mm -hmm. didn't vote last time. More people, that was the largest group of voters, did not vote. Mm -hmm. So to say it's a two-party system is to ignore a huge portion of the populace, just to blow off all these people and say, well, you're not, if you're not playing in the game, then... Then you, you know. Yeah. Well, I mean, I do criticize people who don't vote. And now if you're going to vote and let's say you vote for an independent or a write-in candidate, that's one thing. It's interesting that you mentioned that because I think the last time that we voted in mass for a third party, you have to go all the way back to the Dust Bowl, to the 30s, I think, even before. Um, um, geez, I, I want to think, uh, well, 1912, um, Teddy Roosevelt received a, oh, right. a, a basketball Teddy, yeah. of votes right. uh, for the progressive Bull Moose Party because right. – Republicans, you know, were, they had the incumbent William Howard Taft. Right. I know this is really really. No, no, no. I mean, no how do you know this stuff, Red? Well, I, I, history, I, right? I love American Red, history. Red, yeah, just, okay. oh <laughs> but in any case, so the Republicans. This is like the Gilded Age, and the rich are really, really rich, mm. and immigrants are in the factories, and they're being, you know, and this is before we had a regulation, before we had unions, you know, and immigrants are like, listen, we're fed up when we're angry and. We live in these, you know, shacks, and this is horrible. You know, how can I vote for one president, Woodrow Wilson, who's a stone-cold racist, mm-hmm. and William Howard Taft, who's part of the establishment? Right. There's got to be a third party. Teddy Roosevelt could have changed the Republican Party mm-hmm. because he wanted reform. He right. was the one who – that's the reason why we have Yellowstone Park and the Badlands right. yeah, and yeah. Yosemite and why we – you know, they didn't drill in um, uh, Alaska. Mm-hmm. But, of course, that was all reversed when they, you know um, – when he was pushed away, and they voted in Woodrow Wilson. But that was the last time that we voted in mass for a third party. We had Ralph Nader. You know, Nader was considered, you know, well, he yeah, we, we've <laughs> seen, yeah, you know, I mean, yeah. uh, what uh, was uh, Perot. Perot, Ross, yeah, yeah Ross, Ross Perot. Perot. Yeah, no, I, I, I don't know what the answer is. I just know that it's ridiculous to talk about this as if there are two parties – and that's the scope of mm-hmm. the American political landscape. It's like, no, actually, you've got so many people who are checked out for one reason or another, for various reasons. And it's, and California is, is horrible. I won't say the worst because there are other places that have their own problems. Mm-hmm. But now that we've gone over to the winner-take-all, top-two vote-getters, yeah, sure. move on from the primary, it's ridiculous. They cut out all the other parties. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm figuring I'm going to see in my lifetime the Democratic Democrat Party get – Get mm-hmm. its ass, get bit in the ass with this. Yeah. Because it's and, just horrible. Yeah, and we can move on to other news. Speaking but of I, I don't think that uh, Trump seems to be uh, Teflon right now. And so right. what I'm, I'm doing as, a, as, a, as my civic duty is trying to get people registered to vote. That's right. excellent. Yeah. Um, I'm working in the Tenderloin right now uh, in partnership with Gabriel Montoya and Robin Fontaine. Mm. at Hospitality House, and we're, we're doing theater development, writing into performance with some oh, homeless nice. activists. Nice. And part of what we do is register people to vote. That's awesome. And I, I think that's the only thing I can do. Yeah, no, I mean, I right. have friends who actually travel to swing states to get people to vote. Yeah, to I, I, I know people who do that, yeah. Cool. yeah. If you have the money to do that and if you have the time to do that. You know, that's a lot of folks great. have nine-to-five jobs, but that's what she does. But, yes, and people may think, well, gee, I'm in California. Does it really matter? It always matters, in mm-hmm. my opinion. 
what was it? Um, the last election, my mother-in-law um, said she was going to. So Mara, you know, Mara loves puns. <laughs> so she comes up and she says, my mom says she's going to Kansas. I said, what? Yeah, you know, to help register voters, she's going to go to Canva- Kansas. And I said, what? She said that's what she thought she heard her mother say on the phone. She said she was going to Canvas. Oh. Oh, Kansas like, Canvas. Okay, yeah, got it. Like a, <laughs> okay. But a bump, yeah. Um, I just showed you guys a clip of Andrew Yang at an Iowa church, a black church. <laughs> <laughs> jumping in the choir, putting on a robe, and singing with the black folks. And uh, it is just meme, you know. I'm sure there are going to be tons of memes on it. You know, it, I laugh. He's getting he's getting some traction. He's getting some traction. I just don't understand. I mean, you know, but he's not getting traction among black people. Um, so I don't know. Well, almost nobody is. <laughs> well, yeah. I think uh, I saw in the route that I think Biden and uh, Bernie – are the two top individuals well, who are getting yeah, that's what the majority saying, of black but, folks. Uh, but I just don't know about, I don't know if it's cultural appropriation or if these candidates, and it cringes me because I want <laughs> I want a top Democrat candidate who could speak on the issues. You don't have to be black to get my vote. Right. Uh, you just, you know, ha- say I've got substantive answers to the problems. You know, let's say when I become president, I want the Justice Department to challenge these law enforcement agencies in some of these areas who target black folks. If you do that, you don't have to jump in a choir and sing. Right. I'll vote for you. <laughs> well, I mean, it's the same as, you know, the old school going to the county fair, kissing babies. Sure. You yeah. know, eating a hot dog. It's, yeah. Yeah. I saw a picture of I, I prefer that to yeah. the stupid debates where they stand up there and just say these empty things. I'm, I'm so tired of that. Yeah, yeah. So on, also on other news, oh, this is interesting. So a Utah woman was charged with indecent exposure for exposing her breasts. Um, and in Utah, I mean, I don't know if this is a, a Me Too movement thing or whatever, but basically, so, and it also gets into a child custody <laughs> where basically um, the man had a wife and they divorced and she ha- he has another woman. Right. And I guess the kids walked into them um, yeah. painting and she was naked. <laughs> Oh. Not having sex, <laughs> <laughs> and and so she was the topless, kids, right? Yeah, she was topless, and so the kids told their mother, who of course used that as a weapon to go after her. Right. But you know, the whole idea is a woman's breast considered um, um, vulgar. What What do you guys think about that? If you guys have any thoughts about that? <laughs> well. Of course not. <laughs> no, I, I mean, we live in the Bay Area. You can go to public places and there are women breastfeeding, which I have to admit, since I didn't grow up with that, mm-hmm. startled me. But I, then I thought about it and I was like, this woman is not hurting anybody. She's taking care of her baby and she's right. not like, you know, she's not sitting here and like flapping her tit out at the world. Mm-hmm. And even if she were, men walk around in all kinds of states of undress and nobody. Yeah. And, you know, there are a lot of jobs that they say openly, hey, we if you want to breastfeed, that's fine. You know, we have a, a mm-hmm. private place for you or if you just it's want to get within the conference room. It's actually the law where you have to have those things. Yeah, now. yeah. yeah. So that's for your one customers one. and employees. Yeah. Which is pretty cool. Yeah. Um, so right now Trump. 2020. Is, yeah. Um, <laughs> two, two things. Um, Trump is right now attending a pro-life rally. He's probably the first pre- – he is the first president to attend a pro-life rally, mm. and uh, you know, there's some there's some local 
uh, counties, small uh, cities who have sanctuary cities for the unborn, which is just horrible. I mean, it's basically corrupting you know, the whole immigration issue or taking that statement. So these little fetuses are running across the state to be saved? <laughs> is that what's going on? It's, it's crazy. I mean, you know, the, the rights for women are just being taken down, and it's bad enough the that... The ERA has not yet passed. Equal rights well, amendment. Right. We well, talked about that last week. Yeah. That would, yeah. Wouldn't so, that be We'll see what happens. Cool. Yeah. yeah, yeah I, that would be cool. I would love to see it. I've yeah. been waiting my whole life. I was a kid, yeah. and I thought, well, oh, that's going to happen, and <laughs> then it didn't. Yeah. Yeah, 38 states have ratified the ERA, but a lot of states have not, and the federal government doesn't want to look at it. So mm -hmm. Equal Rights Amendment, for those who don't know, gives equal rights to everyone, regardless of race, uh, creed, color, or sexual orientation. Um, gender. And, and, the, and that's right, gender. Oh, I, I'm sorry I didn't mention that. <laughs> yes. The very last thing, um, a couple of shout-outs to some of our friends who have won awards. Kim Donovan has won the Best Actress Award. There's a thing called Broadway World Regional Awards. Mm. I don't know if you knew about that. Mm -mm. Um, she was in a, pr a production called Picasso at the Lapine Agile. Agile, yeah. Agile yes. yes. And so, and I think this is an award given <coughs> out in New York. No, I would you, love it. You haven't done that? Can't, I, I can't do it. It's unfortunately one of those shows where it's almost impossible to cross the color line. So, I mean, I could direct it, but I... It's Picasso and Albert Einstein and some weird man who's just Jewish and um, and a Picasso. white woman. Uh, you know, uh, it, this is is it Vienna? I think it's Vienna. Mm -hmm. um, I think just to be I, if as an artist, I would want that to be historically accurate. Accurate. I can't see any way for me to break the color line with that one. And I'm like, yeah. It's a fun show. It's Steve Martin. Steve Martin wrote it. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah. Mm -hmm. It's funny as hell. It is a brilliant <laughs> show. There's a guy who keeps coming in and telling him that someday the world is going to know his name. Mm -hmm. And he's got some name that we've never heard and obviously never did. So it's oh. the running joke in the piece. It's yeah. But in any case, it's an award. I think it, it, uh, they issue it in New York. But they look nationwide for, you know, best actors, best actresses. That's yeah, so she deserves it. She's amazing. She's been doing excellent work. I mean, she's just been everywhere. Uh, also, Terrence, um, Terrence Smith, and we've had him on, he won an award, uh, the Shelley Award. I, I never know what the Shelley Awards are. but uh, I don't either. Yeah, they're, they're a Bay Area Award. I think they're in competition with TBA. But in any case, he won. I think they were around before. Oh, wait. There are they, I think they're the North Bay. Mm -hmm. um, I think it's a North Bay Award. Yeah. I, I think, think I've so. actually been. I think I actually had a show that got, got nominated and won. We won Best Costumes and Best Production or Ensemble. I can't remember. All right. I directed. Cool. So Terrence Smith and Kim Donovan, you know, fantastic work by them. And with that, let's get into an origin story. Uh, Amy and I got Amy Turningbrook. Yes. <laughs> Yay. Um, you're an actress. You're a director. Uh, are you a writer? Yes. Um, in the Bay Area, I found um, that I have to wear many hats to Educator. put food on my table. Mm -hmm. And um, I've studied with have some of the best artists <laughs> yeah. um, in the Latinx world, especially. Right um, on. Learning some playwriting uh, and workshop leading techniques. Cool. Um, how did you How did you get involved in theater? Uh, where were you born and raised? Okay, I was born, uh, you know, in Southern California. We moved oh, around. Oh, I didn't know that. Where? Uh, Van Nuys. Oh, okay. Then uh, I spent some time in. Uh, I grew up in Carolina. Covina, uh, oh. Clara. My dad's still in the same house in Covina. 
Wow, nice. And we were in La Puente for a couple of years. <laughs> oh, cool. Do you have any siblings? <coughs> Uh, yeah, I've got a couple. We're all artists. Uh, oh, my dad was. We don't hear that very often. Was, yeah. Um, uh, uh, he worked for Reagan when Reagan uh-huh. was uh, governor. governor. He was, um, I guess, the secretary of the cabinet or something. Like oh, that. wow. I've eaten many a jelly bean from <laughs> Ronald Reagan's That's desk. Funny. Yeah. Um, that means, does that mean your family was Republican? Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, uh, as I think. I, that's kind of why I don't like partisan politics. Yeah, because of the intensity of of that trip, which is still going on right now. I don't, yeah. I'm very proud of my idealistic father, uh, but we're very different people. Yeah, it'd yeah. be boring if we were all the same. <laughs> that's true. So when I was 11 years old, um, I got in. I auditioned for the music circus, and um, that's theater in the round in Sacramento, California. Um, I was cast as Marta in uh, The Sound of Music, and uh, let's see, Art Lund was in it. He did the original Joey in um, Most Happy Fella. Ah, one of my favorite songs, Joey, 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 yeah, go ahead, Joey, Joey, so, and he was a huge man, very big man. And he played Captain Von Trapp with his big sausage fingers mm-hmm. on oh. a little guitar. <laughs> and Julie Qu- Christie played uh, the nun-turned <coughs> um, songstress uh-huh. mother. Um, and, and she had a habit of batting her eyelashes. Okay. So that, you know, that was interesting, mm. watching Maria batting her eyelashes. But I uh, was threatened with being fired <laughs> on opening night. Oh, wow. Because... Uh, so we kids are coming down the aisle doing the step together step, the wedding march, and I was so focused mm-hmm. in in this in doing this walk that I stole focus from the audience, mm-hmm. and they were laughing. I said they weren't paying attention to the wedding. So uh, the stage manager came up to my mother afterwards and said, "That can't happen again. Julie Christie wants her fired. Art is defending her." Let's fix this right now. <laughs> that was the opening night of my theater career. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> so what, yeah, yeah, I was going to ask, when did you um, did you did you study uh, in college for theater? Um, I, I studied. I fell into this wonderful program taught by Lisa Shari, who was taught by some dancers who worked with Moscow Art Theater, and so I was learning Stanislavski yoga. All kinds of wonderful things uh, from uh, 11, age 11. Wow. And I didn't go back to college until my uh, getting cast got uh, slowed down when I reached a certain age. Uh That's when I went back to college. I graduated in 2005. Okay. So uh, let's all pray together. I do have a (laughs) degree in theater arts. Oh, Oh, nice. nice. That that is fantastic. Yeah, I'm always interested in, like, uh, the techniques. Like, you know, there are people who lean toward the Meisner technique or method acting and that sort of stuff. Do you uh, – are the, is there any or anyone that you gravitate towards? Um, I kind of pick and choose a little bit. Stanislavski is my foundation. Mm-hmm. Um, I like to have a box when I'm acting or, or give a box when I'm directing or writing. Um, it really helps me figure out, you know. Sure. Uh, you know what I'm 
Yeah. What do you mean by have a box or give a box? Uh, so that's where the choices are. Oh, uh-huh. You know, have some clues and details like put a out set. there. Yeah. Huh. Yeah. So it's like knowing I the who, what, where, why. I've never heard it put that way. I like it. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, I like to work uh, from the outside in <laughs> and from the inside out. Yeah. So, yeah. I was, I was checking out <laughs> online uh, some of the uh, pictures. You that have some wonderful too. pictures on Facebook. Of you being a part of some groups in the 30s. Uh, I'm sorry, in the 80s. In uh, the 30s. <laughs> no, I, I don't know why. The 2030s. Uh, like fantasy theater and oh, yeah, others. Yeah. yeah, so were those Sacramento. groups in the, Sacramento? That was in Sacramento. Yeah. All right. So what, what you was. You said that was the precursor to um, B Street. Uh, B Street. Yeah. 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 And it was uh, one of the, f I think, the only uh, TBA contract um, for children's theater. No, wait. Theater for Young Audience contract. Because mm -hmm. uh, it's unusual. Usually they have interns or non-union people do young people's theater. So yeah. It was gr good times. I learned how to do comedy from the best. Mm -hmm. yes. mm -hmm. No, I'm looking at the pictures. It looks like you guys had a wonderful time. And um, I always wonder how theater was in the 80s. I mean, now... As far as connecting, like, you know, people will post online ads right now in the 2020s, like if they're looking for actors or right. they want to advertise or whatever. And the, the climate, the environment of theater now is a bit different than when it was back in the 80s. Were things better or worse? I mean, what do you well, think? Well, for the union, I think that's when they were signing, throwing away our rights <laughs> and, mm -hmm. and um, cutting our salaries. So, mm. you know, and we're still paying for it today, the Western region of Actors Equity still has not recovered like the rest of the country has. So, um, yeah. And you yeah, say things that things did get smaller yeah. here. <laughs> yeah, they were. Yeah, imagine in the 80s. I mean, were you equity uh, in, in the 80s? Or yeah, I went up to Seattle after when I was 19. And um, within a year was uh, in the union and working at Intimod, which means intimate in Scandinavian. Mm -hmm. and oh. Uh -huh. It was kind of like the Aurora. It had that kind of flavor. Uh -huh. but, and then I did that for three years. Seattle rep. And um, so, yeah, those were, those were the good times. That I was getting paid vacations. I was oh, working yeah. so much. Oh, nice. Through the union. Yeah. Well, it sounds like you were an in-demand actress. I mean, you were up and down the, the, uh, the West Coast. Uh, did you ever do any work in New York? <laughs> no, no. I've only been to New York for 48 hours, mm -hmm. and it was snowing. <laughs> so I did that once. I don't even think it was 48. Yeah. <laughs> My first time, yeah. yeah so in, out. Nice. I, 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 New York, mm -hmm. that's a big city. Yeah. Did you enjoy it? Yes, I did. Um, we went on a, what were we doing? I was helping somebody audition for a playwriting playwright the actor's studio or something oh wow so very yeah. cool yeah how fun. do you have the two of you know each other know each other each one reach one i think each one reach one. yeah which is funny because they've morphed into something new and i'm not sure what it is <laughs> i don't even know if i'm on the list anymore <laughs> um yeah. but uh yeah success it's also well success center is it's part of success center now but also the county you know san francisco's talking about closing juvenile hall so that was our main client. Yeah. Um, and San Mateo similarly is going through some changes because they built this huge new, which I remember. I remember when they built the new facility 
they don't have much of a population right now. That's you know. nationwide. Right. Well, people are, thankfully, people are rethinking locking up kids <laughs> for every little thing <laughs> mm-hmm. and oh instead creating other programs to help youth. You know, you've got to understand these decisions. are kids. They have not learned. For one reason or another, they have not learned how to make better decisions. Creating programs that help them in that way, you know, even in the little way that we did, that would be wonderful, and so it'll be interesting to see. But yeah, no, that's we met through each one. Schools, each one. not prisons. Yeah, yeah, I think each one reach one. I mean, although I haven't been involved in it, I think it's a wonderful thing to teach kids through theater. I mean, it's been fantastic. But yeah, yeah, there's also what's going to happen next. There's also Red Ladder. I yep, hear they're down in the awesome. South Bay. They go, but they go to real jail. They they go to adult jail. Mm. Oh, and do theater there. And do, yeah. I mean, mm-hmm. they're the kind of programs, you know, it's across the country now. There have been documentaries about Shakespeare in jails. Mm-hmm. Um, programs that are doing stuff like that. Red Ladder was one of the more, you know, one of the earlier mm-hmm. organizations that made a big commitment to doing that. What's the woman's name who runs that? She's uh, a great dom- dramaturg. Oh, we're so bad. I, I know. Can <laughs> so you look okay. up Red Ladder? Red Ladder, sure. Yeah, just so we can be nice. Yeah. yeah. Give due. Red Ladder Theater. Uh-huh. Yeah. Oh, God, she's fa- a fabulous dramaturg. No, it's funny. I've ended up working with her a couple times on readings and stuff. Red Ladder Theater Company, uh, Britain's leading radical theater company. No, not Britain. Uh, no. No. Oh, not this? No. San Jose. Maybe. Yeah, it's, uh, their work. offices used to be in San Jose. Okay. God. How about this? Uh, so this is in uh, Imagination, Power, and Creativity, San Jose. Okay. Yeah. Ooh. Uh, company engagement. Uh, this is horrible Karen? theater that we're, I mean, horrible podcasting that we're doing. Oh. Yes, that's okay. <laughs> that's okay. It's no big, no big deal. Uh, about. Let's do the about. Serving okay. the community, the Red Ladder Company is made okay. up a troop of multi-ethnic, multilingual, um, professionals. I'm looking for names. There we go. There's Karen yes. Altry. Yeah, I knew it. Yes. Didn't I say Karen? <laughs> yeah, there you go. <laughs> All right. But they, so they go into the th- they go into the uh, the penitentiaries. Yeah. yeah. Wow. Yep. Yep. Yeah. And I, I I imagine there's a lot of procedures that you know you can't. I don't know how much interaction you have with um with the inmates. Oh, you do. You you work with them directly, but. Mm-hmm. You know, it's it's weird because the first time I did it with somebody else and uh, went to San Quentin and I was terrified until I realized that the people that they let do that, those programs have already proven themselves to be, you know, decently socialized human beings (laughs) um, who are just bored and looking for something else to do. Mm -hmm. And, and, you know, you walk in and you are locked in, number one, but you are locked in with staff all around you and you're in a secure location and you know at first I used to be so nervous and after mm-hmm. a while I just stopped worrying about it you know it's interesting although I haven't been involved I mean look you know luckily I've not been involved I've not been in prison but I remember being in junior high school just being very frustrated you know a young black kid right and I, we had a teacher a guy named Lorenzo calendar who had a very afrocentric African he basically brought African theater into the classroom. Oh, uh-huh. And he was an English teacher, but he was like, hey, tell you what, we're not just going to read this book, but we're going to act it out. Sure. And we want you to, you know, use your creativity uh. to, uh, you know, to create the story, to see how right. much you understand and all that stuff. And it just, 
open you know my imagination all of mm-hmm. our imaginations mm-hmm. and uh, so I think it's a wonderful tool I think theater right. is a wonderful tool teaching tool for it, kids it is it's an amazing one yeah, yeah it is and then uh, we started uh, hiring each other for different things. Right. Stage <laughs> reading. <laughs> oh my God, Norman! Uh, he he helped me out do what? What are we going to call it? Community-based theater in the Bayview. Yeah, yeah. And matter of fact, you've done work for the Playwright Center, haven't you? Uh, Playwright Center. San oh yeah, I got a lot of. Um, that was really helpful during those years. Uh, directing for these 24 first 24 hour projects mm-hmm. and you, you did some of that wow okay. yeah because you still have to hit every every mm-hmm. station along the way mm-hmm. of theater production yeah but it's you know the it's uh, happening way quicker right yeah yeah so I learned a lot working with those guys it sounds like you enjoy directing do you enjoy directing better than acting is there an aspect of, of theater that you enjoy the most mm-hmm. It's. I enjoy certain things. Every nothing. I mean, I don't have preference. Okay. Yeah. I, yeah. I don't have a preference. Yeah. All so I know is these days when people try to push me towards producing, I'm like, no. So if you want me to <laughs> consult hard. with you and advise you, I will do that. But you want me to take responsibility for this all happening? No. Producing is well if they give yeah, you my mind. <laughs> to make money. Most right. of the time, if you're producing on this level, most of the time, if you're producing, it just means that there is no money. And there is no stage manager. And yeah, you're doing. <laughs> I will. I will do everything I can to get a stage manager in. Yeah, got um, Yeah, you just end up. I'm not. You know, you're chasing down set pieces. You're coordinating with people. That you're just doing everything. Oh. And I'm like, yeah, I've done there. Then they're done that. And <laughs> yeah, thank you. No. If you ever, uh, you haven't lived a full life until you've seen Norman G. in a dashiki, <laughs> 70, uh, platform shoes. <laughs> I, I can just about imagine that. I think I've seen you in pretty much everything. <laughs> well, that's, and the only dashiki I have now, it's funny, it's in my closet, but I feel like I need to get rid of it because it turns out it's a female mm. dashiki. I didn't know there was a difference. And oh. I lent it to Dexter for a, uh, da- they were doing an Afro- African dance mm-hmm. show, and they told the kids to bring in dashikis, and mm-hmm. so I grabbed that out of my closet and brought it. And the guy's like, "No, you can't wear that." No, <laughs> I was like, "Oh crap!" Yeah, okay. I'm always interested in, uh, as far as the directing perspective, and I've asked this of other people who have been directors, the language that you use in talking to people, especially when you talk about diverse casting. Like, let's say you speak to, uh, I don't know, either black people or white people or, or a gay, lesbian, or whatever. Do you find that you have to, um, let's say, um, speak differently? I'm, 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 my, I'm <laughs> what you have to do, what you have to do is do things differently. Yeah. yeah, you know, just do it, and and it's all out there, and yeah. There's no. So you've never had to deal with a situation where you're trying to articulate how you want this piece to be. And where you want this character to go and all this stuff. And let's say someone's like, I don't understand what you're doing. Or you're not getting what you're <laughs> looking for. Of course he is. Because mm, I did a lot of the Third Street stuff with you. And yeah. it was amazing because you were dealing with, literally dealing with people from the community who knew nothing or next to nothing about theater. Oh, interesting. And you would have to try and figure out how to get them to make some adjustments mm-hmm. without using the language of theater. <laughs> well, mostly it's... Um, the professionals who are working with the community members setting examples. That's yeah, there's you know, that as well. Yeah, 
because there was um, the uh, the old lady who died, Mary. Mary Booker. Yeah. Mary. And she was. Mary she Booker. was a trip to work with because yeah, it really wasn't anything that I know from theater in terms of trying to find a way to work together. Um, it really was reducing it down a to a very personal that. level. Mm-hmm. And man, but when she got up to perform, she was on. She was alive and electric, and the room. Wow. I've never attention. seen a woman more, a person more connected to the floor. Mm-hmm. Rooted. Yeah. Uh, the bone stacked. Yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. Coming from her heart, her, oh, yeah. her soul, wow. her mind, all at the same time. Yeah. No, it was a she lesson. Was it was a huge yeah. lesson. Um, this Third Street Theater, tell me more about that. Is that still going on? Third Street Playhouse? Playhouse? Um, yeah, let's see. First it was Not Your Grammy's Theater. <laughs> and then, um, then uh, what else did we have? Well, now it's a Third Street Playhouse. It's a floating theater, meaning there is no actual playhouse. Um, like, well, let's see. I have, we haven't really, we've only done workshops, mm-hmm. writing into performance workshops the last two years. Mm-hmm. Okay. So. so you don't have a, a home. Uh, do you, like, rent out places to, to work? Yeah. Okay. We'll, we'll, you know, do something in partnership with another theater or go to the Temescal Arts Center mm-hmm. or go to the Redwoods. Um, yeah. You've done a work senior at center or yeah. something. Mm-hmm. I was about to say, I think you've worked at Playground. Um, have you guys used Playground? Uh, oh, you like the Portola? You mean yeah, Portola? That's, that's what Portola. I mean. Yeah. Um, how, I've, I've never, no. Okay. But I have worked in that building mm-hmm. as a props and furniture yeah. type person. Yeah, I think, you know, a lot of budding community, I mean, you uh, know, companies, companies yeah. and, and also people oh, who usually yeah. go yeah. The Mime yeah. Troupe, we partnered, Mime Troupe has been really great to us, uh-huh. Um, uh-huh. sharing their expertise, uh-huh. uh, their actors at mm-hmm. times, uh, set pieces, costume yeah. pieces, and uh, who else has been real good to us? Lots of folks have been yeah. real good to us out there. So Third Street, I mean, uh, how many, um, <laughs> I'm going to bring those peanuts closer to you. Good, okay. Um, Thank but, you. But um, the... Um, who else is in Third Street? Um, oh. yeah. um, um, so let's see. We've our partners have come and go. Madeline was uh, Puccioni was with us. Oh, oh right on. Yeah, she yeah. with um, she's with now with um, Musical Cafe Play Cafe, I believe. She mm-hmm. does different. Yeah. <laughs> what but it was um, essentially me and uh, golly, what's that guy's name? Zachary Collier. Mm-hmm. Okay. Mm-hmm. A neighbor of mine, yeah, uh, in the Bayview, he was he was heavily into it. Mm-hmm. Now he's gone on like Sherry Miller to right. other other theaters. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and yeah, so that was Zachary Collier. Mm-hmm. Okay, yeah, and what then we'd have uh, guests, you know, like Norman. <laughs> yeah, um, what's the last production that you guys have done? Um, us together. No, it was funny because that's what we were talking about it. Yeah, we were walking or, or in. Third Street. That's what I meant. Third or Third Street, Street um, company. Okay, so I'm committed to hiring a union. Mm-hmm. So we've never done a full production. Okay. We've done staged readings. Sure. Um, the last one was uh, ER Mother Earth about um, Mother Earth. Um, yeah, there's Sherry. She pl- Sherry yeah. played Mother Earth. Oh, nice. Um, mm-hmm. She's sick and has to go to the hospital. And, mm-hmm. you know, that kind of thing. <laughs> cool. Yeah. Yeah. So that was... Uh, it was kind of a takeoff on the. Remember the TV show ER? Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 
Oh, nice, nice. And then we did some things with the Bayview Opera House. Yeah. Partnership. But that was like 2016. It was ironic because there's so much change going on at 3rd Street at that time. And then the Bayview Opera House had been going through a renovation forever. Mm. Mm. And they kept, you know, postponing the um, opening dates and all mm. those activities. Because mm. I felt like it was over a year of talking to you about, well, we're talking about we're going to do this for the opening. Well, they're delaying the opening. Oh, we're going to do a, They're going to do a partial opening. Just seemed like it was yeah. took the forever. The politics are intense yeah. there, so yeah, so and they kind of need to be. I do get I think that. that yeah. I, I, I mean, it's unfortunate, but they don't want to lose what they've got, and there are a lot of people there who are smart enough or paranoid enough to go. We're not just going to accept anything coming in here. You really, I know you ran through that. You went, you know, you encountered that where people didn't know who you were and didn't trust you. I mean, we did a performance on the street for one of the festivals, and people were coming up and engaging us, very angry neighborhood people. Oh. Who are you people, and you're bringing all this energy in, and you don't know anything about this? And I'm like, you know, <laughs> I don't, but she lives around the corner. I, where I'm I mean, your type hey, of oh. For God's sake, yeah. <clears throat> yeah, there's, it seems to be a lot of uh, dissension building. Yeah. People like us to fight. So Yeah, yeah I mean, well, and it makes it hard to bring in something new because yeah. you want to honor what mm. has been there, but yeah. you're also trying to improve it. Yeah. If you're going to improve it, it's going to change. It's going to be new. Yeah. You know, the concept of street theater, I mean, because we had street theater when we were uh, in D.C., mm-hmm. Mepic, us high school kids, we did street theater, mm-hmm. and it was made to enhance the community. It's like, hey, if, you know, s- instead of people just entertaining themselves by going to the movies and whatever, let's create our own art, mm-hmm. and let's do something that enhances the community and brings people together and it's live, and it gets children and kids, you know, doing it's something. Generations uh, communicating. Right, right, exactly. About history. And yeah, so the, the, I don't see anything negative with, you know, with with uh, community street theater. No. Yeah. But, you know, things got easier then, too. Now mm-hmm. it's no big deal. Yeah. To see performance on, on a street corner. Yeah. Mm-hmm. What, uh, Amy, what do you think of the state of, I mean, are you optimistic or pessimistic about the state of Bay Area theater now? Are you seeing things when you go to shows that um, encourage you, or do you see more capitalism? Because you talked about that earlier, mm. the capitalism of theater here in, in America. Mm. Well, I just, I, I there's lots of great stuff going on. Um, I just hope that um, when larger theater entities and smaller independent entrepreneurs mm-hmm. or performers or mm-hmm. ri- authors get together that there's a they're able to I mean some people can't work with the larger groups sure some larger groups can't work with the younger I right. hope that there's right. somehow an exchange where everybody learns something everybody gets compensated mm-hmm. everybody mm-hmm. and there's more union work <laughs> wouldn't that be yeah. nice yeah yeah. No, it seems to to me it seems to go in waves um, because I remember when I first got here, um, what's her name, Sharon Lockwood, oh my was God. a big one with Theater Mind Goddess. Theater Goddess. Um, and so every summer she was in it, and she was you know a strong character actor, so she'd play all kinds of outrageous little characters throughout mm-hmm. the piece. Mm-hmm. Um, but none of the other theaters would use her. ACT, Berkeley Rep, nobody liked that. The Magic. And then finally, I, re- I can't even remember what the production was, but finally one of the big houses had her. Cal Shakes? I don't think it was Cal Shakes. I think it was one of the other ones. And I was just like, 
Well, because Cal Shakes, I think, started doing it before other people were doing it. And it was just weird to me, that thing you're talking about where these folks can't work with these folks. And it's like, well, why can't they? You know, what is it? What is who are the gatekeepers and what is it they're protecting? I think we have to. It's on an individual and maybe board level. Yeah. State. I am going to be the kind of person that can and will work. Right. Yeah. I do think it's a positive in that way. If you are an organization that makes that choice, mm-hmm. you can make that an asset. You can make that a selling point mm-hmm. as opposed to, a, well, we're doing the right thing and we hope everybody else will step up. You know, Theater First was the first ones to say they're going to make pay everybody minimum wage. Mm-hmm. Um, and Aurora does something like that, yeah. too. Well, well, you, you can do that if you right. have the money to do it. There are a lot of well, small You have to make a commitment oh. yeah. to doing it. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's... Oh, don't worry about that. I'll I dropped a brown <laughs> M&M. Yeah, Uh-oh. don't worry about that. Uh, but I do know no. there's, a, there's a bit of a disconnect from what I've seen. I've worked in companies that had a lot of artistic talent, but right. very little money. Right. And then I've worked with companies that had money, just, out, you know, whatever. Right. You know, yep. big, great big, yeah. I don't know, stadiums, but, you know, they could seat 500 or 1,000. They have a full costume shop. Sure, full costume <laughs> shop. But they barely pay anybody on stage. <clears throat> there was one company where I had two assistant stage managers, and uh-huh. I was a stage manager. So I was oh like, wow, God. what a luxury. <laughs> right. I don't have to run around. I'm right. pointing someone or yes, whatever. Yes, you go, yes. But, of course... <laughs> The artistic talent is minimal. I mean, yeah. because everything is—I don't know what. Because they're not putting money into that. Right. Exactly. The art is not there. The mm-hmm. you know the um, the, the life on stage is not there. Yeah. And I, I find that to be sad. Have you guys found it to be the same? I just think they're different things. Because yeah. if you go to a community theater show, that's what you're going for. Yeah. Right. When we were doing the stuff on Third Street, nobody was coming to see an Oscar. You know, performance. performance. But yeah. there were a few. There were. Yeah. Michael Colley. Oh, there was like uh, one definitive sublime theater performance there. Uh-huh. But you'd still oh, Michael Asbury. He did. Oh, Asbury. Did. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He did <coughs> Mr. Monroe. And you did right. wonderful as Dr. Mabry. Mm-hmm. Oh, my gosh. So there were some. Oh, you can find those moments, yeah. but when you go to that thing, you know that you're going for something different. Yeah, and it's not going to be as polished because you don't have yeah. the money to pour polish. Right. Yeah. yeah. But you're also not getting the lame polish, which, <laughs> you know, yeah. yes, they have their lines memorized. Yes, they're moving around the stage like they know, yeah. you know, where they're going, but there's no, there's mm-hmm. nothing deeper happening. Yeah. I mean, I remember being a part of, there was a Shakespeare production. I'm not going to mention it because I don't want to throw anyone under the bus, but... The, I mean, it was just, it was very lame. There was a lot of money, mm-hmm. but mm-hmm. the quality on stage, and I can tell, you know, because as a stage manager, I could see the process and everyone, you know, like actors connecting with one another. Right. Everyone was in their little groups, their little niche. Mm-hmm. You know, you have the equity actors doing their thing, and they're separated from the older actors, and then there were the younger millennial actors doing their thing. Mm-hmm. And I was like, and you had a young director, and I'm like, there is no life. I mean, there's a lot of money, and there's this concept of what theater is. Well, it looks wonderful. I mean, right. the pictures are wonderful, mm. but there's no life. I mean, there's nothing to make me laugh or cry or make me connect to a character. Here's a different question. Mm-hmm. Sure. I've been having thoughts like this intrude, uh, but I don't know how valid they are. Should I, as a union actor, support mostly union shows? With my ticket money. Mm. Well, I mean, once upon a time you were a non-union actress, so yeah. I would say actors are actors. 
I mean, you know, like we had Crystal Piamonte Zhang on, who mm-hmm. when she sat down with us, she was not. Crystal. She was not. Oh, you know her. Yeah, see, I Small see, World. Tra- see, there. <laughs> In Fresno. Yeah. Yeah. She was non-equity when she sat with us, and I've acted with her. Mm -hmm. Now she's equity. Uh I don't really make a distinction. I mean, I think that, I mean, sure, equity actors will get paid if you can get a job. Right. Like you. I I look at you, Norman. I don't look at you as a, oh, you're elevated. You're an equity actor. Yeah, I wouldn't. But I mean (coughs) as a political statement. Mm -hmm. I, I, I like it as a political statement. I like it as just a... Well, it fits in my politics <clears throat> as what kind of work environment I want to be in. Mm-hmm. But you wouldn't say, well, I'm sorry, I'm not going to your show. I'm going to an equity show. You I, I, I did that I, twice well, last I do year. just the opposite. I, I do – I'm not going to – I'm not going to shows unless I feel like there's a reason for me to go. Sure, right. And so it doesn't matter whether it's equity or not. But when it's not equity, then – I want to know more about what's going on. What is the production? Who is mm-hmm. there? Um, you know, we'll we'll get out to sh- we'll get the shout outs eventually. And yeah. um, I'm curious. You know, I Alan Coyne. I want to see Alan Coyne on yeah, stage. That's right. right. So right. and there's some there's some. Uh, but am I going to go sit through what is mostly a community pro- theater level mm-hmm. production uh, just because Alan Coyne is in it? Am I going to do that? Probably not. Yeah. But also on the same exchange, let's say Kim Donovan, who's on the sure. rise. Yeah. Let's say she lands an ACT job or she's right. on the Strand or right. something like that. I may not have the money to go right. or I may not even be right. involved, but I'm like, I want to support her. I may right. say, hey, listen, I don't have the money to go, but I want to support you. And you have the support already. You're That's making the money. what I would like to see more is that sense of I'm supporting. So I'm supporting either a person or a theater company mm-hmm. that I want to support, whatever level they're on. Right. You know, I we talk about plethos. Go ahead. Yep. Well, on one level, if I can't go to a show or, or I've decided not to go to that show because mm-hmm. it's non-union, mm-hmm. if I did that, I don't know if I'm going to make choices like that. Right. I wouldn't put it in that context, right? I'm so sick. Yeah. Oh. I, wouldn't, I would just um, put it up, on, share it on a Facebook page. Oh, th- yeah. Sure. I you do know? that. I yeah, definitely I do, do oh. that. Yeah. I mean, there are plenty of friends of mine who can't make a show that I'm in or sure. I'm involved in. But they'll say, hey, I'm supporting you, and that's fine for me. Right, cool. And if they can come to a show and, you know, give money to the, you know, the group or whatever that I'm involved sure. in, right. that's even better, too. Right. I never, I never look down on a friend who's like, oh, I'm sorry, I'm, not, I'm just not going or whatever because, you know. Yeah, it's not about looking down. Mm-hmm. It's just doing something different. I, right. I, I just feel so hopeless mm-hmm. that our union isn't getting us any gigs. Right. Yeah, which is a recurring theme. I mean, we've talked about equity and – I, I would feel so bad if I were an equity actor and I'm paying money a monthly fee, and I'm, I'm sure equity no, is not twice a year. We <laughs> get free. T- we get f- uh, some benefits. <laughs> yeah, like free tickets. We get cr- walk-ins. Yeah. Right, but we e- save that. Money. The equity actor, it's it's your responsibility to find the gig. They're not going to yeah. do anything to right. find the gig for right. you. And you may have to go to a theater company and say, "Hey, this is the reason why you need to either do a BAP." Or find the money to support me because right. it will help, blah, 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 blah. But that's work you're doing, not right. the union. Right. So, which and is it used to be you would get paid $250 a week for doing a stage reading. Mm-hmm. Now what is it, 25 yeah. bucks? Well, yeah, that's, that's a different category of reading, but yeah. yeah you, used to get a week, you used to get the weekly salary, and now you just you get a stipend. 
And it used to be you get and a full week of rehearsals. And I think it's 37-something now. Yeah. <laughs> oh, it is 37? Yeah, it's like 37.50 or oh, something. They, they raised nice. it that much. Wow. Nice. <laughs> oh, well, that's good news. Yeah. yeah. I wanted to, because I did forget. So two years ago. Oh. This is, um, and you may know some of these folks, Amy. Two years ago, we heard from this person. Yeah, I mean, there's, uh, I think it's the Bergman movie, Smiles of a Summer Night. They're either fighting a duel or one of the characters wants to commit suicide. But his, his old-fashioned 19th century pistol, mm-hmm. instead of shooting, the, it just sort of powder pops out of it. And he gets covered <laughs> in gunpowder. <laughs> yeah. And he, he looks like a clown. And then he laughs and says, what am I doing? I, I don't know. He's a playwright. Uh, he recently moved. Um, he, uh, oh, he Scott? Scott Munson. Scott Munson. I don't know if you know who Scott Munson is, but I he is a uh, playwright. He's got such a gorgeous voice. <laughs> he does. He has a fantastic voice. So, yes, yeah, Scott, he, we had him on two years ago to this mm-hmm. day. Oh. One year ago to this day, we had this actress. My income had not doubled along with it, so it was mm-hmm. very difficult to get up, go to work. And then I did line up some directing gigs, or at least, uh, yeah, some directing gigs, and then you wind up going straight from work, straight to the rehearsal. Yeah. You don't get home till 11 o'clock at night. And then you get up at 6 a.m. or 5 a.m. and you go do it again. And so I figured out pretty fast in the first couple of years that if I wanted to stay married, something had to wait. Okay. <laughs> I'm not sure. This is a person that I brought on, uh, Cynthia Lagodzinski, uh, uh-huh. who uh, I've acted with several times right. at the Douglas Morrison Theater. And uh, she's been around else- elsewhere. Uh. So, th- so, yeah. That's it. <laughs> when you're this is, yeah, so zero for two on this one. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But uh, yeah, no. And she, we, you know, Cynthia talked about being an older actress, and that's a question I'll ask you, Amy. You've been the young ingenue actress, I'm sure. Yeah, I uh, played fourteen-year-olds <laughs> till I was thirty-five. Uh, right. And yeah. then, and then you become the older actress. Is there the some, elder? Psychologically, how does it affect? I mean, with men, I don't think it affects us so much. But um, how, how mm, I don't know. Yeah. Um, well, let me just say this, that uh, throughout my life, there's going to be haters. Yeah. And so you're too young was a mantra I heard a lot when I was young. Yeah. Oh, interesting. Right. And now I'm hearing you're old and out of touch. Mm-hmm. So I just try not to let it bother me ah. and put one foot in front of the other. Yeah. And I, I love, <laughs> I look older than I actually am. So I'm hoping to capitalize on that. Like Mm -hmm. I've played a 14-year-old for, you know, most of my life. Now I can play. I'm hoping to play 90-year-olds. Do do Betty White, yeah. Yeah. Who played old people for like 40 years. Yeah, Yeah, she was in Golden Girls, and I think she was the youngest. Oh, before that, even in the Mary Tyler Moore show, she was considered to be the older person in that company, in Mm -hmm. that group. Yeah. Yeah. And you look at it now, and you're like, damn, I thought she was old back then, but she's she's old now. She's seriously <laughs> old. Yeah. She's been but playing that forever. I yeah. think of Christopher Lloyd, uh, who prior to Back to the Future when he was in Taxi. Right. You know, he was playing older. Or Abe Vigoda. Right. Abe Vigoda, yeah. you know, playing oh, older yeah. guy, but he was, yeah. you know, younger then. But right. But do you, I mean, no, do he actually was old. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah. But, um, and they kept reporting that he was dead. <laughs> that was horrible. <laughs> Until he actually really died. Right. Yeah. Oh, dear. But you, you're not phased by, uh, do you think that things have changed for the better or worse as far as gender discrimination? I mean, as a woman, do you feel more empowered or do you feel that, that there's more of a job that needs to be done? I, I think <laughs> both, but I also think we can't be too self-congratulatory. 
Me Too is, you know, it, it's already feels like it's served its purpose and, you mm. know, I don't know. Let's. I will tell you this. I thought that gender stuff would, would stop uh-huh. the older I get. No, right. Nothing changes. Right. Mm. Yeah. So mm. it, yeah. it just. No doubt. Yeah. You haven't had any. You haven't had any creepy directors or whatever when you were young. You know, <laughs> of course, you <laughs> Try to take advantage of you or anything like that. You have, you don't have any of those stories, or do, or do you? I have a story for almost every season. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah it's pretty. Yeah. yeah, but but it doesn't it hasn't stopped you. So that well, that's good. It yeah, it's, it has. Um, I took a two two years off mm-hmm. recently. Yeah. Dealing with something like that. Um, but yes, you, you do have to keep going, um, and it happens to younger actors and actresses and everyone. So it's nice to be able yeah. to be there it's for still other going people. On. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, that's the best. Um, SF Shakes and I know other companies are doing it as well. Really put. Um, we had basically a full day of HR. It was mm-hmm. like a day and a half, really, of nice. HR. And from day one, because that actually happened after we started rehearsals, they like once we got some momentum going, they said, "Okay, we're going to stop this one day and bring everybody in, all our staff, and we're going to talk about this and we're going to deal with it." Um, but they told us from day one we had a uh, ombuds. They called them ombuddies because mm-hmm. they didn't want to deal with the gender thing, mm-hmm. you know, an ombudsman, somebody Persons. who you were, you could go to with any concern, any question, any. You like know, an any equity trouble. deputy or something. Sort of like an equity deputy, but definitely more on the, this isn't about the job. This is about you feeling safe mm. in this environment. Mm. And, uh, and yeah, they're, they're really good about that, and other companies are starting to pick that up. And it's something, as a director, that really kind of caught my attention because I didn't, that's not part of my training. I didn't, I wouldn't even think okay. that way. But that's I what realized you were talking about earlier. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. yeah. That you have to create that culture within the the organization that says we it yes, the show must go on. Yes, we want to get this. We're here to do this art. But that doesn't mean anybody needs to be unsafe. That doesn't need to be anybody needs to be vulnerable. You need to create a a place just like you do in stage combat. You need to create a place of safety. Mm-hmm. So that if vulnerability is part of what you're aiming for, that you do that in a way that doesn't leave this person, you know, at risk. Yeah. And we'll have Maya Herbsman. She is a uh, oh. – a what do they call her? A um, She's a consultant for uh, intimacy. Intimacy, Intimacy yeah. coach. Yeah. Oh. And uh, Radhika Rao talked to us about that. And Yay. so she'll be on us she'll, in maybe a couple of weeks. Right. But she'll talk a lot about that. Yeah, you're absolutely yeah, right. Yeah, next week are, is uh, one of the birthday boys this week is uh-huh. coming on the show next week oh excellent yeah. right on <laughs> yeah, um, it's so important to make sure that there are policies in place right. so that when things do happen and that the policies and procedures are within a timeline yes mm-hmm. that that it, that actually absolutely works for say a production because yeah. yeah. production come up and down so quickly well yeah. and every, right you're on that t- you're on that you've got this crunch you're trying to get to that point of getting the show up that doesn't mean you can't stop and should stop at certain points to let to make sure everybody's safe, yeah. to make sure everybody's and Amy, taken I'm sh- care of. I'm sure as a director, you've, you you know when actors and actresses feel uncomfortable or they you know something's yeah, not quite right. Sometimes that, that's hard to mediate if one actor right. feels one way and another actor feels another way, and then the producer has a different idea. Right. So um, 
Yeah, I like to leave that in the hands of the producer. <laughs> just, right. You know, just have the same rules. It should no be No outsiders right. in yeah. the rehearsal room, yeah. except for people <coughs> who need to be there. Right. But, yeah. yeah. But here's a question for you, Norman, and we'll get into, because we're past the hour mark, because yeah. we're having Ooh. so much fun. Uh, uh, but you can tell when the vibe isn't right on stage, right? If you're a director? Uh, yeah, but there's all kinds of definitions of what is vibes not right i'm looking to get my show in the place i need it to be sure at. yeah so the vibe is often not right because i need to fine tune something mm-hmm. but when somebody's having a problem like we had um yeah. where it turned out that this young woman was pregnant mm-hmm. oh dear. and Poor i hearts. don't think she knew that she was pregnant right she told us after the fact and so she was having these hormonal spikes and therefore reacting to stuff that wasn't in the room mm-hmm I think there were some things that were, you know, a- affecting her in the process, yeah, but yeah. I think some of it wasn't, and you don't know that. Yeah. Or if somebody, you know, is having a hard time at work, mm-hmm. and they bring that energy into your rehearsal room, you know, yeah. it'd be nice if you're an organization that can really t- make space for that. Mm-hmm. But even if you aren't, <laughs> as a director, you're a fool to not go, wow, I need to work a little differently tonight. And I've had it. As yeah, an actor you have last to year, have to think on your feet. Yeah. I over I overbooked yeah. myself. I was doing way too many different things. In fact, I still have to chase down a check from last <laughs> summer or <laughs> early fall. Yeah. Um, because I was just running so much, mm-hmm. and the director, because my last thing was an evening rehearsal after a full day of just running all over the Bay Area. Yeah. Um, and I was for shit. I just was worthless that night. Mm-hmm. And the director stopped us at the end of the evening and gave notes, mm-hmm. gave me no notes or almost any notes on yeah. that. Yeah. And I was able the next day to rest, or I think I had a day off from rehearsal. And so by the time I came back in, I'd had a chance to rest, to really focus on the script. I came back in and I was back at the level of the ensemble. We, you know, we were at that point where we were like right before maybe getting off book or something. Mm-hmm. So, or maybe we had just hit that official off book, but nobody's off book, or a few people are off book at that point. Yeah, we were in that zone, and yeah, I went from being I am doing worse than the rest of the ensemble combined to nope, I'm back at the same level, and I'm doing better than some people, and not mm-hmm. as good as some people, yeah. and. And as a director, yeah, you have to kind of realize, wait, today you are not yeah, here, yeah. and, if yeah. you know and I don't have time to deal with it today, so, so I'm just going to make a note, mm-hmm. and I'll either check in on it at the end of the evening, or I'll look next time, or yeah. check in between. You know, but yeah, there's only so much you can do, depending yeah. on the side of your organization, but it's still your responsibility mm-hmm. to pay attention to the people you're working well, with. Yeah, if you have the luxury, yeah. let's say there's some directors who work with actors that they've known for years. Right. Like Susan Evans, she'll be like, okay, if I pick up Reg Clay, I know what I'm going to get. Right. As opposed to seeing a great audition, bringing in an actor, and you're like, okay, I don't know who this person is, right. but I'll figure it out. But also, I've heard... We've had a couple of podcasts where I've heard where there, there are companies that don't have stage managers, and yeah. that sort of shocked me because my job as a stage manager is not just taking down not lines and blocking and right. the notes of the director, but also being a sort of uh, a, a, 
a gateway between the actors. Sometimes right. I can connect with the actors being better. Or daddy? <laughs> that's right, being mom or Unfortunately, dad. Unfortunately, yes. Yeah. I, I think that's changing, or there's an effort to change that. But, yeah, the stage managers had all that yeah. dumped on them. And Rick Rick Razzo, who's an AD, yeah. Yeah, yeah. he does a lot of that uh, yeah. at Anton's well. Yeah, he does. I get that. So. Yeah. yeah. And I've had to do that. I mean, there's times I've had to break up a fight between <laughs> <laughs> the director and the actor. Nice. That, that was a very, very unusual. Oops. But I knew that the uh, act, and I always tell the actors when I'm a stage manager, hey, if you can't talk to the director, you can talk to me. Uh-huh. Or if you can't talk to me because you have a problem with me, you mm. can talk to someone else or whatever. But if there's something going on, the director has his or her head right. in one direction. Right. You can come to me and talk to me. Right. And I can be the liaison. And I, I don't have a problem with that. Some folks do. Right. Some, fo- some stage managers are like, hey, listen, this is way over here. And some companies will hire very young stage managers because they don't yeah. want to pay that much money. Right. They're just coming out of school. As a matter of fact, there was one production. They fired the stage manager because she made a mistake, mm. a scheduling mistake. Oh, <laughs> wow. Where our tech was cut to one day instead of two uh-huh. because a c- one group couldn't come in. And it was tragic. I mean, I felt bad for her. She was like 21 years old. She was just out of uh, college. And I'm like, okay, now who's the stage manager? <laughs> <laughs> well, but, I'm going to put it out there for next next yeah. week because our, our person next week is a tech person. Oh, good. Um, there is a huge movement now, a national movement, to change the work culture of theater. Yeah. And one of the things is tech. To not, you know, to get out of this 10 out of 12 mentality, it's insane. Mm-hmm. That is um, And crazy. I don't know how how that's going to change yeah. or if it's even a good idea, well, but I love it, that the conversation is happening. A lot of it is scheduling. Let's say if you, you know, you obviously you don't have the luxury. A lot of companies don't have the luxury of rehearsing in the space that you're going right. to be performing in. Right. So a lot of companies, they'll say, well... We'll we'll you know one week maybe one week prior to right. loading you know we'll load in and then a week later we'll do the show right if that's enough time because right. you still have to paint the sets and all that sort of stuff right so a lot of times you're squeezing in there was one production where we squeezed in like two full runs before we did the show tons of mistakes right tons and that's typical I mean yeah. that you know there are plenty of places that do that yeah and but it's but it's so stressful. But but a lot of that, you know, as far as what happens during tech time is based on how much money does an organization have to rent out the space. Well, but it's also what are you allowing? Because that's what I love is like as smoking kept being banned in public places mm-hmm. um, and there were bars that and restaurants that mm-hmm. had smoking and they wanted to keep it as, you know, because at first it was you had to have a smoking section and then it was you had to have a completely separate space. If you were going to have that. And then it finally got down to if you have any employees, mm-hmm. um, you can't do – you can't have a smoking – you know, you can't have smoking in your facility if you have any employees unless they are co-owners mm-hmm. and agree to it. Yeah. And I feel like the same thing could happen in theater where it's just a – you know, it's a certain amount of – I remember doing a show. I directed a show, and they had a huge set, and they mm-hmm. were having trouble getting the set done. And so the producers were coming in after rehearsal and spending the night yeah. trying <laughs> to get the set done yeah. and that for a week. And that's on you. 
Yeah. You know, you made the commitment to do this huge set. You yep. did not schedule appropriate time to make it yep. happen. Yep. And so now you're falling asleep in yeah. the middle of the night <laughs> on the set as you were trying to get shit done. And it's even worse. I mean, uh, unfortunately, EastEnders, I mean, that's one of the things that right. killed EastEnders because we we're a repertory company. But right. actors were asked to bring us like, hey, you're part of the company. We right. still need to finish the set. Right. So you're going to – I know rehearsal's over, but – we need we you need to paint, we need you to build, right. and we yeah. need you to just cut down. Yeah. And of course, actors are like, oh, for God's sake, I'm not doing this ever again. No, it's <laughs> the number one reason that I like being an equity actor. Mm-hmm. Like, no, you cannot talk to me about doing anything but acting. Yeah, and I'm sure, Amy, you have stories like that as well. Um, <laughs> you don't have to, you know, tell yeah, me. Sure yeah, I, I spent Thanksgiving painting sets before. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah. Well, in any case, it's That's been, producing, yeah. Yeah. It's been one years, not this year. Yeah, <laughs> it's, it's been wonderful uh, having you and talking, uh, oh, Amy. Uh, sorry, sorry. No, no, no. Reggie's fine. No, no, no. <laughs> it's funny. My, I've my never life, heard it. So my life is partitioned. My intimate friends call me Reggie. You know, my oh, my family call me Junior because my dad's senior. We just got all intimate. And uh, you know, when I'm at my job, it's Reg, and the bill collectors call me Reginald. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and what's my name again? Amy. Amy Turner. That's awesome. right. Yay. Thanks, guys, for helping me to be that. Yeah. Okay, let's uh, birthdays. Next week we yeah. will have Danny Hall, and it's funny on Facebook he's Danny Boy. Hall, okay, um, who's going to be twenty-three? Twenty-three. Oh, you remember those God. days, don't you? No, <laughs> thankfully no. <laughs> Um, uh, so he's coming in next week. He was an um, uh, electrician on uh, As You Like It with uh, Cal, with uh, SF Shakes. Yeah. You're not and leaving us, are you, Amy? Um, I was just going to, like, take my okay. coffee cup to the thing. Yeah, oh, yeah, go for it. Go for it. Yeah. <laughs> um, I lost my page. Where is it? Uh, so he's, yeah, his birthday's coming up. Uh, no, actually, I guess his birthday is today. Oh, there you go. Uh, Phil L. High, who I went to high school with, um, who's actually a couple of years behind me. Um, and so I knew his brother better than I knew Phil, but Phil ended up marrying Krista Carson, who ended up taking over our high school theater program. Oh, nice. And she's retiring this year, so I guess their life is, is about to take a huge change. Uh, John Ritchie. There we go. <coughs> John Ritchie, the who second is second uh, of Plethos. Yep, Plethos. Co- co-owner of Plethos with yeah. uh, Karen. And so, yeah, his birthday's coming up. Uh, Maurice Jamal, somebody I went to uh, college with, mm-hmm. and his birthday's coming up this week. He is an amazing actor, but he prefers, I think, directing, and he's done a lot of producing, including doing some film work. Mm-hmm. His birthday's coming up. Tony Alderondo. Have you met Tony? Don't think so. Uh, he's an um, actor I know who's been in the Bay Area forever. He's doing a lot of spoken word right now, but uh, we've pulled him in on a couple of Richard Talavera readings oh, in the okay. last year or so yeah. two. And, um, wonderful guy. Michael Kelly is um, an actor, and I can't even remember. I think I met him through Each One Reach One. I mm. think that's where we met. Mm-hmm. Uh, Phil Young is an actor that I did... Phil mm-hmm. Young? <laughs> a lot of birthdays. <coughs> yeah, oh, uh, it's a big list, and I'm most of the way through it. Uh, Phil Young is a – I knew him as a young Asian American, but, he, you know, that was a long time ago. <laughs> Victoria Evans Irville, oh. <coughs> somebody I know through African American Shakespeare Company. 
Um, she has put on a writing hat now, and so she's in the pool for Playground right now. Oh, nice. Um, she just had a reading this month on mm-hmm. the 12th of a full-length play, but she's also been doing... When are, when are submissions for Playground? <coughs> Is it in the fall? I don't know. I think it's probably in the spring. Okay. I'll, I'll check that I'll out. I'll make sure I, yeah. you know, I'll, I'll keep an ear out and make sure I let and you know. And that Roman's play also made that list. Oh, yeah, no, she's been in for a while, yeah. yeah. Uh, Terrence Smith. That's right. We just talked about Terrence. Yeah, his birthday. Uh, William Thomas Hodgson is mm-hmm. actor with Ubuntu. Mm-hmm. Uh, Sean Lim was running the Asian American Theater Company before he went on to Hong Kong, I think, and became a radio personality. Oh, nice. Cool. There you go. Um, Annette Frazier, somebody I went to high school with. Uh, she's now Annette Frazier Wheat. Okay. Um, and she was, um, we did Little Abner, I think, was the show I remember <laughs> her most from. <laughs> What part uh, did you play, Little Abner? I was just one of the one of the other guys. I was basically <coughs> chorus. I was oh. one of the little guys who gets turned into big buff guys, <laughs> and then they sing a song, put them back, put them back the way they were. <laughs> My favorite. Um, Robert Johnson. Okay. Uh, who yep. you know? Yeah. Robert is. Uh, he started out as a dancer, choreographer, and then moved into acting. Mm. Um, he was with us with each one, reach one. Great playwright, and what's his oh, right. name? Doesn't he hasn't he reclaimed his name in recent years? Um, the only thing I know is a changing of the spelling of Johnson, but it's okay. still Johnson. Okay. Mm. Uh, P.J. Phillips is somebody I met uh, back in the day when Concord had a theater, the Willows Theater, mm. <laughs> and uh, she has been all over the place. She does. She sings. She's incredible. Uh, Pamela. I did not know her as Pamela Ellen, but she is now Pamela Ellen, apparently. And she, I believe, is married to the woman I hope will be the next mayor of Oakland, Rebecca Kaplan. Who lives, who's my neighbor. Oh, I don't know She lives well, here in so, Portobello. So you see Pamela then. She's sort of a strawberry blonde. Maybe. Yeah, yeah. Curly hair. Yeah. Kaplan's, uh, she's run. This will be like her second or third time running. So hopefully uh, this time. Two more names. Yeah. Rondrell McCormick. I know. This there is a go. big week for birthdays. Yeah. Rondrell, who we've had on. Um, I met him doing uh, As You Like It last yeah, summer. Yeah, yeah. Um, he's a <laughs> ACT. Mm-hmm. There's me. a beautiful picture of him online now with him and Coleman Domingo. Coleman mm. apparently um, has a grant, an artist grant thing that he's doing. And so Rondrell posted this picture saying, if you know Coleman, please send letters of support for me. <laughs> okay. Uh, Michelle Levy is the last one I have. Uh, Michelle Apina Levy, um, who is an Oakland native, and she was working with um, Crowded Fire. Uh, she works around acting, teaching. All right. So those are my birthdays for the week. And my birthdays um, <coughs> on Friday, I talked about Catherine Heck. Uh, she and I were on stage 110 in the Shade. She's 79 years young. Wow! And uh, no, it's fantastic and fantastic energy on stage. Um, on Sunday, give a shout out to my brother Andre Terrell Clay. His birthday will be tomorrow. Yeah. Fantastic! I mean, you know, I'm I'm a bit of a musician, but Andre's a real musician. He he is an excellent piano player. Um, we talked about John Ritchie uh, also uh, on Monday. Um, Dorsendo Doris Parker, uh, she is one who graduated with me at Duke Ellington School of the yeah. Arts in the theater Ooh. department. So uh, mm-hmm. her birthday, it will be Monday. Tuesday, Jim Letchworth, 
this is a name that I've heard a while. Um, oh. I know that. Um, oh shoot. Um, I think he's. I think he's a playwright. I think he worked. Um, I'm trying to think. Uh, Von Scott Bear had mentioned his name huh. several times. Uh-huh. But in any case, uh, his birthday is Tuesday. Also Tuesday. I wonder Tuesday. if he's related to Drew. Maybe. Probably so. Oh. Uh, Lorna Velasco, uh, a Philippine-American uh, actress and director who is now in Seattle, Washington. She was ah, part of okay. the, um, the Bendelstiff crew. Uh-huh. She directed me in um, the very last Stories High that I was in, uh-huh. uh, Gotta Love Them Immigrants. Uh, in a case, her birthday <laughs> is Tuesday. <laughs> We've talked about Terrence Smith also on Wednesday. Alex Murphy. Uh, he, we had uh, Melissa Mambuise on yes. last week. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So the love interest that she had when we did Grey Gardens uh, was Alex Murphy on stage. On stage, okay. exactly. And so uh, his birthday. He's a wonderful actor and singer. Mm. Um, and so his birthday is on Wednesday, along with Terrence. I have a Paige Myers. I have no idea who Paige Myers is. I'm not going to remember. Oh, oh she's wonderful. She's one of the most. Strong actresses. She oh, did. Uh, she played. Oh golly, uh, she in Avenue Q. Mm-hmm. Oh, she wow. played the African American uh, young actor, I, the guy I, I Gary. No Gary, what's his name? I I don't know. I, well, I don't know the show. I'm glad you know Paige Myers. Yeah, that's cool. She's so, great. Uh, I had her on, and uh, I think she was someone that I may have reached out to and say, "Hey, you want to come on the A?" Right. Oh. No, I think oh, you should get her. I believe she was also a recipient of the uh, the same award that um, the Shelley, uh, not the Shelley, um, the other one. Oh, that, the uh, uh, Kim. Yeah, that Kim had gotten. Oh, okay. that's, I think that's why I have her on the list. Damn. In any case, uh, so on Friday we talked about Ron Drell McCormick. Yep. Also, uh, Amber Childress, who you brought on. Remember she? Oh, she was the uh, the, miss that. <laughs> the playwright. Yes. And uh, the um, musical dire- musical writer. Mm-hmm. For the musical that was featured uh, at, musical the, uh, cafe. at the musical cafe, yeah, and I think you were part of that. I was definitely part of it. Yeah. So her birthday oh. is on Friday, and that's it. That's my. List. I should have mentioned that uh, I just did last weekend. Um, oh gosh, what's it called? Uh, musical cafe. Yeah. Uh, we did um, a new piece. Uh, I'm having trouble pulling up the name of it. It was so fun. Um, a very weird orphan story. A um, lot of fun. Okay. A lot of fun. I can't wait. The next, they always do the first one where the uh, musician, you know, the uh, composer and playwright get to hear their work out loud for the first time and then they get some feedback and then a few months later they do another. Do another. Yeah, so I'm, I'm looking forward to that. Nice. Very nice. Uh, shows, yeah. uh, well, they're kind of, well, I guess they're not that far out. Black comedy. I mentioned I, Alan Coyne was in this reading. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Bless you. Alan Coyne was in this reading, and um, and God, it's, it was a vaudeville piece, and I can't come up with the name. It's driving me nuts. Anyway, he told me he's in black comedy. Okay. I can't wait. It's a Peter Schaefer play. It's yeah. a gorgeous one act. And, uh, and that's going to be at the Douglas Morrison starting February 20th. Ah, he's back at the DMT. That's yeah, his second well, home. Hey, I, you know, and it was it was such a joy to sit. I sat next to him during this reading, so we didn't get to talk a whole lot. But it was just nice to, mm-hmm. to feel the connection. And then the other one is that Diana Lauren Jones is in a piece, I think, right now. Come up. Give me dates. Um, it's called the... Come on. Last guy, no, white guy on the bus. Okay. 
White got on the bus, and it runs through March 1st. I wonder. Uh, oh, it starts uh, February 13th. Runs. Um, that's when it previews, and I then it runs through. Yeah, I remember Avi Jacobson had talked about being on a production of that. Maybe this Maybe is another production. B8 out in uh, Concord. Yeah. B8 Theater. Yeah. So those are the two shows that I had. <clears throat> the Quality of Life, um, Altering a Playhouse, they will have oh. that. We talked about Kim Donovan. She will be in that. That will ah. be March the 20th uh-huh. through April the 19th. Also, uh, Vinegar Tom, um, the the last uh, – they're having their last show tomorrow. Wow. Um, they had a great run. They had a very good run, and Celia Maurice was in that. Mm-hmm. Uh, Steel Magnolias, uh, the Chanticleers Theater is doing that. Uh, that will begin February the 7th, ending March the 1st. We talked about Cynthia Logodzinski. She is in that. Mm-hmm. Also, our good friend Javier Reyes will be doing a uh, – What's Javier uh, doing? Javier is uh, – he's hooked up with the Apple Store on February the 4th. you want to promote? No? Okay. Okay. But uh, we want you to say, we want you to say good, goodbye and all goodbye. that sort of stuff. So. <laughs> okay. Uh, but in any case, Javier Reyes. So apparently the Apple Store at Union uh, yeah. Square, they're uh-huh. doing a special thing for Black History Month. Oh. So February the 4th, they're having a bunch of artists to do uh, uh, poetry and spoken word, spoken yeah. word that sort of stuff. And Javier will be doing that. A couple of years. Yeah. Oh. So yeah. that will be February the 4th from 6 to 7.30. Um, and so he'll be doing that. Uh, oh. he, I just saw the post that he right. put in today. Mm-hmm. And he sounds like he's very excited about that. So, of course, we want to p- pump him up. Uh-huh. And that's that. Uh, right. Amy, did you have a good time? I had a wonderful time. So <laughs> nice to meet you, Red. Yeah, thank you so much. And, and good to uh, spend some time with you, I'm Norman. Glad you were available. Yeah. <laughs> so here is my blurb. You can find the A on the Apple Podcast on all uh, all podcasts that you listen to your podcast. Of course, you're listening to us now, but tell your friends. Uh, and you can also listen to us on the Apple uh, iTunes uh, store. You can go on the Apple iTunes app, click on store, use the search engine on the upper right hand side, and you can find us. Uh, we're also on SoundCloud, although we're not, not we're not going to be on SoundCloud for long because I'm oh. switching to another. Uh, I'm just having some you. issues, especially sound quality issues, and so we'll be switching to a new um, a new service, a new service. But in any case, I, I will let you know. In the meantime, we will have. Um, we're still on SoundCloud right now, so you can still use the SoundCloud okay. app and go on SoundCloud.com. <laughs> And as we blow our noses next week, sorry, we'll, we'll it's just sickness <laughs> week, I guess. Yeah, yeah, that's okay. Uh, so wait a minute. So are we moving everything from SoundCloud? How does uh, that work? Well, they, there's a company that uh, says that they'll have better services oh. and, uh, and it's even a little bit cheaper, and they'll just uh, oh. I think they'll expose us to better. It's a, it's a company called. Hold on for a minute. I can uh, pull this up. We may as well promote. Yeah, we might as well. Oh. Captivate. Captivate.fm. Oh, wow. So. <laughs> We're going to be FM. Yeah, there we are. But uh, for the time We're being, the world. T- for the time being, we're uh, we're still on SoundCloud.com, and I'll let everybody know the details. I got a fin- I can't announce it until it's actually official. Right. But in any case, the uh, <laughs> um, the yay was created by theater people for theater people. If you have a show you want to advertise, if you just want to advertise yourself, let us know. Hit us up on Twitter, Facebook, Snapchat, Instagram. You can find me at Red Space Clay. I'm at Who's Your Hoosier. Amy, do you have Twitter or Snapchat? Um, just a Facebook, Facebook page, yeah. uh, Third Street Playhouse. And uh, although my friend, my Italian friend, is supposed to make me a website. Hey, hey, hey. Back to Ravenna. <laughs> uh-huh. So I better yes. make that happen. Yeah, Thanks exactly. Thanks for the reminder. <laughs> 
So there you cool. go. If you want to find a fantastic uh, actress or uh, director, uh, you can't go wrong with Amy Turningbrook. Awesome. Oh, I'd say more than that, yeah. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And we, we got to find, find a better, better sign-off. And we <laughs> are out. <laughs>